it's i don't know it's going to be a, a task but uh, by god's grace i think i i should be able to do this and uh we are going to yeah too soft okay sorry um so uh, the ppt will uh, i think it's taking time to load so in that in the meanwhile i'll just uh, uh so what what we are going to do today is uh, we have just celebrated the resurrection of our lord right last week and now we are in this uh, season where we are you know that that whole resurrection that whole event in the history of mankind was the event which changed mankind right it changed everything in history it changed that thing changed humanity it changed the world it changed the earth the history of the earth and where the future of the earth as well and now what we are going to do is we are going to see how that change and how are we affected by that change or rather how, what is our role and what we do in that change all right and you know the bible says like we are going to we are, we are going to look at acts chapter 1 to uh, chapter 1 verse 1 to 10 and this is the this is these are the last verses before jesus's ascension into heaven right and it says there that he was he was seen by people for 40 days after his resurrection and in those days he met with his disciples he met with his people and he imparted knowledge to them he imparted some teaching to them which is the the basis on which today the church stands right no teaching of his after his resurrection is lost it's like it is the basis of why we are today christians why we believe in god where we are today and uh, we are going to talk about all of that but as i start my sunday school i want to start with a joke <laughs> all right we are, we and, and and i don't want to offend anyone so please remember this is a joke especially the sociologists please remember this is a joke <laughs> all right so we are going to talk about perspective today so there's a joke on perspective there there was a man who was mugged and he was beaten he was robbed and he was lying on the road and he was lying with all his blood and unconscious semi conscious and there were two sociologists who were passing by and as soon as they saw the man there he they looked at him and they said one to the other you know the person who did this to the person really needs our help because anyways that is the <laughs> all right because the perspective of a sociologist is a very different perspective anyway so now coming back to what we are going to do today uh, we are going to uh, as i said we are going to be in acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 10 and my ppt has still not loaded so i'm going to just go with uh, sundar and i depend on him all right so now we are going to also engage in something which is one of the teachings that i we've practiced in word of grace which is public reading of the scriptures so i would like someone from the uh, two people or three people from online and two people from here two two verses each please can you just read uh, i can't see the participants so if anyone wants to start uh, uh, alma can you just go ahead and uh, yeah i actually started uh, acts chapter 1 verse 1 onwards Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second. Hold, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. Hold, hold, he... hold on, Alma. We can. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll restart. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Alma, please. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Yeah. Uh, someone from here can read the next two verses, please. Three and four. Yes. Uh, Meher, can you please uh, read the next two? Uh, four, five and six. Yeah, yeah. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Yep. Someone from here, seven and eight, please. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Yeah, uh, anybody online? Anybody online can read the last? Fanny, can you please read the last two? Nine and ten. Yeah. Um, now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Amen. Thank you. And uh, let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you for this time. We thank you, God, that we can uh, freely and openly meet in, under your name and worship you. We thank you, God, for this, uh, this uh, fellowship that we have with believers. Even if we, can, uh, if we can meet online, we thank you for that. We ask you, God Almighty, that let our hearts be open at this time, O oh Lord, to receive from you what you want us to receive. And let the meditation of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right. So here in this chapter, I'll just uh, summarize this. What has happened is this is the second book that Luke has written. It's the second part of the Gospel of Luke, and he's written it to the same person, Theopolis. And what he's saying is he's continuing from what Jesus when Jesus began his ministry and what happened at the last stage. And here we see that Jesus presented himself to his disciples with proof of what he had done on the cross, that he was in fact the resurrected Christ, that he in fact was the same person who died on the cross and was resurrected. He had infallible proof. And then something else happens. When he's speaking to the disciples, the disciples have a very 
here and now question which they ask him and which they expect out of the Messiah, which was the Jewish way of looking at the Christ. And they wanted that he would overturn the kingdom of uh, the rule of Romans and establish the kingdom of Israel in that land, very here and now concept. But Jesus patiently corrects them, gives them a new perspective and tells them that he is going to, the promise that was promised before the fa by the father is going to be uh, a real thing in their lives and they're going to receive that promise, they receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and that would give them the power to be witnesses of his name in the world. Not only in Israel, he, he specifically mentions that not only here but in the across the world. And he, in this, he brings them back into having the right perspective for their, the next part of their lives, which where he would be in heaven, but he would be giving us his Holy Spirit with us. All right. So in, and as this happened, there was, there, there's something else, which is the, that the big miracle, right? They saw him ascend into heaven. So this is basically the summarization of this, these 10 verses. And if I had to summarize what I have as a message uh, for, the, for today, it would be, the title would be Promise, Perspective, and Power. And the, the promise and the right perspective give us the power to proclaim Christ. All right? So let's look at the first part, which is the promise. Now, this promise was something that, was promised in the Old Testament as well, right? It, it was something that had been promised long ago. That was the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you consider Ezekiel 36 verses 26 and 27, it says that God will put his spirit within us. In Joel 2, 28, 29, he says that God will pour out his spirit on all mankind. This was the exact verse which Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost. And then if you, this was, this was what the Old Testament promises were. But there was a big difference now. In the Old Testament, whenever the Holy Spirit came on people, it came and it left. The Holy Spirit, he came and he left. He came, he, he made them powerful that, for that particular period of time. That, like Saul. Saul had the Holy Spirit on him and he enabled Saul to prophesy. For like people who went into battle where it was not possible for them to otherwise win, but they won the battle because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But here is the difference. Here is what the difference, that, that event which I spoke about, the event in history which happened, the, resurrection, the, the death and the resurrection of Christ. Here now is the difference. Now the Holy Spirit is going to be with us. Now in, this, in 2 Corinthians verse 13, 14, it says that we would have sweet fellowship with him. He's going to be a part of our life. That fellowship with him, that's the promise. All right. Then in John, uh, actually John's gospel has a lot which is very deep in terms of uh, if, if anybody wants to study about how he, uh, how he has covered the role of the Holy Spirit. All right. We find many things which have been mentioned in John, like he would be our counselor. He would be our guide. He would be there as our paraclete, our advocate. And those, those were, again, these are things that he would be with us. And that was the promise. That was the promise that Jesus was talking about. That wait for that promise. Mm -hmm. That you would have that with you. That you, you would have him with you. All right? And in Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit is mentioned as our helper. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in John verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 26, he's our teacher. Mm -hmm. So this was 
this was uh, like the continuation of what Jesus had done required for us to have that promise. Without that promise, the disciples wouldn't have been able to establish the church. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to do anything. And this was the promise where Jesus said that I will not leave you as orphans. This was the fulfillment of that promise, right? The promise of the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God with us. God within us. There, there's a theologian who, who has mentioned this. I have forgotten his name, but I've read this. That, you know, when he says the, Holy, the promise of the Holy Spirit, for us, it is the Holy Spirit becomes a part of our, con of our consciousness. He becomes a part of our inner being so that we have that still, small voice of God always with us. That's the promise. And Jesus told them that this is the promise. All right, but then what do we do, do with this promise? Is this promise something that we, like we said, he's our helper. But is this the promise for our own lives, for our own here and now? Or is it something that we just use for our benefit? That brings us to what the next point is. You know, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and before I go to the next point, I want, I, I'm reminded of something. I want to say something, maybe this is, what, however you want to take it, but you know, the days of Acts are coming back. All right? And they are coming back, and they are coming back, and we need to be ready, and we need this promise. Without this, we cannot do anything. And this is only possible, this promise is only possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross. So again, I will just remind everyone, if there's anyone here, who has not yet understood what Jesus has done on the cross and who has not yet accepted that his sacrifice on the cross is all that is required for me to be in his kingdom. I want to encourage you, please remember that Jesus has died for the sins of the world and all you need to do is to trust in his sacrifice, to understand that it is enough what he has done on the cross is enough for you to be saved, to be in this kingdom and to receive this who doesn't want God's voice with us all the time? Who doesn't want it? Is there anyone? I don't think there would be anyone who would be foolish enough to say, no, I don't want. And he is willing to be a part of our lives. That's the promise. The Father has said that I will pour out the Spirit on you. That's the promise. And that promise is accessible for us because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Because of his resurrection. So if there's anyone who hasn't, I encourage you, Make that commitment to him. Get, get, that, uh, get yourself into this place where you can receive this promise. All right? And even for all of us, there, there was a time when Jesus spoke about the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is mentioned in the Gospels, when he breathed on them. But that was not the time. That was the time that they, Jesus breathed on them for the Holy Spirit. But the manifestation came a little later, right? So at this moment, again, even for us who are all believers, who are here, if there's anyone who is in that place where you're longing for that promise, I encourage you after the, after the sermon, after this message, if you want, we can pray for you. We can uh, have this, uh, you can get in touch with anyone in the church who's in the leadership who you know can help you with this. And then you can really uh, experience this promise in your life. Yes, amen. amen. Right. Now, that was the promise. Now, as I told you, what do we do with that promise? Is it something that is only for us? Now, for that, we need the next part, which is what Jesus did. 
when the disciples asked him immediately after, right? We read this right now. Immediately after he spoke to them, they wanted Jesus to be the Messiah that they had in their mind thought of him as. As a here and now king who would overturn the rule of the Romans and who would, you know, give them the freedom that they desired in the here and now. Now this happens with us. This happens a lot. But we need to change our perspective. The way that Jesus changed their perspective with what he spoke later. Now, as I told you, we are talking about perspective today. Perspective is important. What is perspective? Is our general attitude towards things. Is how we look at things. How we understand things. That is what is perspective. Alright, now if... Uh, if we have a here and now attitude and a here and now perspective, we can miss what God has given this promise for. We can miss what he has uh, intended for us to be in this world. As I told you, in the new history, what is our role in the new part of history where that event changed history? What do we do in that role, in that history? We cannot be a part of it. We cannot be a valuable asset in that unless you have this promise, unless you have the perspective that God wants you to have, right? And uh, this, this, this is the promise, the perspective, what happens is we always have um, things which are bothering us in our lives, which take precedence, and it's normal, it's common, it's not something that I'm, I'm talking as if it's a condemnation, because if you, if you would hear some of the prayers that I have made as, <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to say, I'm embarrassed, uh, there was a time when I was in college and I, I actually prayed that there would be an earthquake so that I don't have to give an exam. <laughs> so, 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 you know, it happens. So the here and now sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank God God didn't answer. God didn't answer that prayer. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is, this is something that happens, right? It happens. Our perspective is uh, sometimes skewed what is in the foreground becomes a lot more valuable to us than the bigger picture but jesus uh, i want to note i want you to notice how jesus brought them back into the perspective he did not condemn them he said he didn't say that no that is not going to happen so in the same way no god is not not going to answer our prayers he said that 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 timing is not for you to know but for you what you need to know, what you need to do is understand that you get into this perspective of the kingdom. Now, this is a question that I wanted to ask. Probably uh, now I've already answered it. But uh, <laughs> uh, what is the central theme of Jesus' teaching? If, you, if, if anybody knows, what is the central theme of Jesus' teaching? God's kingdom, right. It's, it's, it's the kingdom. All right. Many people uh, would answer love, which is true, but that love outside of the kingdom principle does not really make any sense. So if, if, uh, if you talk about statistics, if anybody is in, in that type of a study who likes that, in the, gospels, in, the, in the gospels, the kingdom of God has been mentioned in two different ways. In, in Matthew, it is mentioned as kingdom of heaven. And that is because of his audience, which was Jewish, and they didn't want the word God. But it's the same concept. And in the rest of the three gospels, it's mentioned as kingdom of God. And it's mentioned over 80 times. It's 32 times in Matthew and 53 times in the others. And in the entire New Testament, it is 163 times that it's mentioned. Isn't it something that is important? So that's the perspective. So our perspective has to be of the eternal, right? 
Yeah, you can go to the next. Second Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Right? So our perspective has to be of eternity. Our perspective has to be of the kingdom of God. What, is, what, what am I doing in the kingdom of God? What is my role? What, where am I standing? And how is how, am I aligned? Uh, there, there's this uh, very famous architect. I don't know if uh, anybody has heard of him. Uh, his name is Christopher Wren. And if you have, uh, if anybody has visited London, they must have seen the St. Paul's Cathedral, which is a big uh, landmark, as well as the Kensington Palace. And many of these uh, huge monuments, he has built it, he has designed it, Christopher Wren. All right. Now, once he was building a cathedral and uh, somebody went to the workers and asked the workers, uh, what are you doing? And one of the workers said, Ki, I'm here for a 20 pound a day job. I, I need to get the 20 pounds. The other person uh, answered, I'm cutting this stone exactly in the measurement as been asked. And there was a third person who was asked and he said, I am building the vision of Christopher Wren. All right. That is how we realign. We are not here doing one or two tasks. Whatever we are doing, we are doing with the vision of God. That's the perspective. That was the perspective of Jesus Christ. And that's our perspective. That it is in the, what is not seen, what is not temporary, but what is eternal. Now, eternal, how, how does it, uh, how is it in our day-to-day -day lives? How do we have that perspective? What defines it? Like, on a normal day, we have choices to make, right? So many choices that we have to make. When we are making those choices, what is our perspective? Is it, a, is it the easy way out? Is it the thing that we can just do because we can do and we can get away with it? Or is it like, what is it in terms of the kingdom of God? Because Jesus says that even if you, if, even if you give water to a person who's thirsty, it would be credited to you, right? Now, this is not about do good to get good, not at all. This is about having that mentality, having that idea of eternity. How does it work in eternity? What am I doing? That perspective is what was needed for the, for the disciples and that is what is needed for us. And that perspective was needed because of what comes next. And the next thing is, he says that you would receive power to be my witnesses. Mm -hmm. Right? How do we proclaim Christ in our lives? How do we become witnesses of Christ in our lives? Can we do it on ourselves, by ourselves? No. But we, need, we, need, we have that promise. And when we have the perspective of God and God's kingdom, he gives us the power to be witnesses to his, to, for him. Right? So that, that's, that brings us to the third point, which is the power point. Power. Now, power has two words in the New Testament. One is exosia and the other is dunamis. Now, the first part, the exosia is uh, the power which comes with authority. So if, uh, like, for example... Uh, the, the commissioner of the police has power. That is his authority which comes. That's the first part. The second is dunamis is the power to do things, to the enabling, the enablement of doing things, the, the strength to do that. That's the second part. All right. When we receive this promise, 
we have dunamis power. We have that power to be able to do that. All right? Now, uh, because we have that power is the only reason we can do things which are not possible for us normally to do. Again, I'll, I'll just tell you one thing, one story, small story. There was, there was a, a group of uh, a, a, around 100 people, 100 battalion, uh, men of, a battalion of 100 men. And they, in the medieval period, they were trying to take over a fort. And the fort was made with huge boulders, right? Huge, strong boulders. And um, they had a cannon with them. And they were, they were staring down at the, the fort. And there was a villager who came and he said, you're 100 people. How are you going to get this fort? It's not possible. They said, we have the cannon. And the villager just looked at the cannon and he said, this, this is not even 100 kgs. You're going to throw it. And then you think that the wall will come now? They said, no, no, we have cannon balls. He said, that's even smaller. That, 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 what is that? That will not even make a dent. Then they said, no, we have uh, the spark and the, uh, what is barud called in English? Gunpowder. Gun yeah, we have that gunpowder. <laughs> so then, then he was a little confused and they just lit the gunpowder and then he understood. And he said, ah, you have fire. No fire, none of this could happen, right? It's that small thing. It's the fire which spark which would uh, enable a small 40, 50 kgs uh, cannonball to just bombard onto the wall and that wall would come down, right? In the same way, what Zechariah 4.6 says is, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came down as tongues of fire, right? So that's the, that's the power that we receive. That's the power that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit to be able to bring down walls, bring down things which are not possible for us to do, right? That's the power. That's the way that we become witnesses of God in this world. Now, the word witness is also a very interesting word. Uh, anybody knows what is the word for witness? It's martyr. Yeah. So Jesus said, you will get the power to be martyrs for my name. All right. Is it a simple thing? Yeah. So that, that's what it is. We get that power. We get that power to be able to just be able to do things which we cannot do on our own. We cannot. That's the power. When we are witnesses to God, what do we do in this world? We proclaim Christ through the way that we live. We proclaim Christ through the way that we bring Christ into other people's life. We proclaim, we become witnesses of God when we bring down strongholds in the heavenlies. When we pray, when we do warfare in the heavenlies and we, we see the results. We, bring, we pray for the sick. What did Jesus do? One of the, the most common theme of Jesus' life in the Gospels is healing the sick. When we do that, when we pray and when the sick are well, made well, when the blind are, get their eyes, when we bring hope to hopelessness, we, when we become the salt and light of this earth, when we are the ones who really, in the true sense of God's love, lay down our lives for someone else. And then that is when we have the power to preach the gospel. And all of this is possible because of what he has already given. That was, that's the Father's heart. The promise is already there. The perspective is already there. The power is what we receive when we receive this promise of God. To be witnesses, to be 
what God wanted us to be. I, I, I'll give you a small example or a story to finish this. You know, there, was a, there was a preacher of the Salvation Army, Sam Brengel, his name is. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He has written many books, and he was preaching in the area of Boston. And uh, while he was preaching, it was not well received. And while he was walking down the road, there was a guy who, put, uh, who took a brick and he threw the brick at him. And he, uh, it hit his head and he was hospitalized. And uh, while he was in the hospital recovering, that is the time that he wrote a book called um, Helps to Holiness. All right. And that book has sold millions of copies and people have been blessed by that book. A lot of people, and in that time especially, it was a... Uh, a, a book which helped Christians a lot. And that book, when the Christians would meet him, they would ask him, how did you write that book? All right? And he said, no brick, no book. Right? But imagine, remember, when he was in the hospital, his perspective was right. He was still thinking about the kingdom of God. When he was there, he still did what was required to be done to be done in that moment. And did he do it on his own? Would that book have any value if it was human wisdom? No, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. So he had that the promise, the perspective and the power to be the witness that God wanted him to be. I just want to encourage everyone that this is... This is the word for season. Uh, just let's just come to come to a place where you know we will bring the times of acts in our midst. That in in terms of uh, opposition, yeah, there might be unprecedented opposition in our lives to the gospel. But let's have this uh, encouragement that we have the promise and we have the power to be the witnesses of Christ. Amen.